Hey, this is Elias from the band Nonpoint, and you're listening to today's Boondoggle. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this intro before the intro of our today's Boondoggle radio show. Uh, as you know, we're a veteran-owned and operated podcast, and this has been an incredibly therapeutic journey for me as a veteran that struggles with PTSD and anxiety, just getting out and talking to people. But uh, it does cost us some money, so if you feel so obliged to donate to our GoFundMe, we have a GoFundMe under Today's Boondoggle. We also have a Venmo at Today's Boondoggle that you can donate to. Uh, our anchor sponsorship at anchor.fm forward slash today's boondoggle uh, any questions comments suggestions complaints you can email us at today's boondoggle at gmail.com and please follow us on our social media sites at, uh, at today's boondoggle on instagram facebook twitter all your uh, social media platforms as well as our youtube channel our rumble channel and our BitChute channel please follow subscribe comment and download and please consider checking out our sponsors. If you uh, support our sponsor, Dream Nutrition, you can receive 10% off your order by using the promo code BOONDOG10 at checkout. So Dream Nutrition, they're a veteran-owned and operated company as well. So please support them and receive 10% off using the promo code BOONDOG10. Thanks for your time and thanks for listening. What's going on, everybody? It's Bill Bailey with today's boondoggle. And real quick housekeeping note, if you're watching us on YouTube or uh, Odyssey or Rumble or BitChute, please hit that follow and subscribe button. And if you're listening to us on Spotify and Google, Apple, whatever podcast platform, please hit that follow and subscribe button so we can continue to bring you conversations like the one I'm bringing you today. We're talking with a New York heavy music legend, Tommy Victor, a prong. How you doing, Tommy? Great, Bill. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, man. Uh, like we were saying before uh, we went live, dude, I've been kind of looking forward to this conversation uh, with you. Um, but usually when I have people on for the first time, I like to get a quick background. So do you remember as a little kid what you originally wanted to be when you grew up? Uh, no, I don't. I think I was a lost child and really didn't have any direction in that regard. So, uh, I can tell you that in my high school yearbook, it says I was going to be an accountant. So if that means <laughs> anything, but, uh, it's funny. I asked my kid what he wants to be and he doesn't know neither. So it was, I had no goals. And then when was it that uh, kind of music caught your your attention and you started playing? I think when I was in Little League and my batting average was around 270, and I realized like you know, sports wasn't the deal. So uh, I started uh, getting into music, and I bought a bass from this kid around the corner. I didn't even play. I just bought it and then started learning. So uh, – I guess, uh, yeah, I did have some ambition. That was it. But uh, no, I was. In, I have older brothers and sisters, so I've been into music since I'm 
out of the womb really is there's always records playing and in the house and it was always like that so um i've been into it for a really long time since i can remember nice and what were some of the influences that got you to like want to go pick up that bass and start uh playing yourself i think it was sabbath and kiss and deep purple at that time nice yeah yeah kiss was my gateway as well yeah <laughs> And then and I um, bass, so I, mean, I was into Gene, you know, so I got like wanted to play bass because I wanted to get in a band. So within like a year, I had like learned Strutter and a Deuce, and I was trying to figure out some Zeppelin songs too. And eventually got in a band like really young, like playing bass in bands with a bunch of older kids. So, Kiss yeah, with, that's what I was going to ask you next. Like, when did uh, you start like getting into bands and playing out? I think it was around age like 13. So, uh, yeah, it's like right in the first, first year in high school. Gotcha. And then what, what was, uh, what was like the scene like for you growing up the music scene around you? Well, it was weird. It was a whole bunch of different scenes because I grew up in Queens. So you had a little bit of the Long Island cover band scene. And it was bands like Rat Race Choir. They were huge. They played like tall covers. And then there was Zebra, who were like a big band, of like it was Zeppelin cover band. And later on, put on a record of their own original material that was huge. And then Twisted Sister, too. So Twisted played, uh, I don't know, like Bowie and, and ACDC and stuff. So... They were around. Then it was like bands from the city. Like if you go in Manhattan, I mean, I saw the Ramones and, you know, Dead Boys and uh, the punk scene that was going on too. Like Masters, Kansas City, a little bit later, there was uh, a group I really liked called, there was this guy called Von Elmo. He was like this insane maniac who used to like destroy the place with, before Wendy O. Williams had a chainsaw and was going nuts. So yeah, I mean, the whole, yeah, CBs was like you know, the Ramones. So by the time I was 15, I was going down and checking out the Ramones and again, uh, uh, the Cramps, Dead Boys, that kind of stuff as well. So uh, I, when I got out of high school, I wanted to move into Manhattan. So I, at that point, I was like dedicated to getting in a band and didn't really go that well. Uh, I just said after a couple of bands that, that were crap that, I decided I just wanted to be a sound man. And I, I got, because I was hanging out at CB's, new people there, I got the job as a sound guy there uh, without even really knowing what the hell I was doing. So that's how Prong started. Nice. Cause like, yeah, I read that, that you were a sound guy at, at, at CBGB's. And uh, like, uh, I was curious on how that all came to be for you. And like during your time there, like, you know, some of the uh, memorable shows that you got to do sound for and experience. There was a lot of them. Uh, I mean, there was memorable shows before I started working there that were insane. Like I saw like suicidal tendencies there. Uh, then on the other end of the spectrum was like suicide. This guy, Alan Vega, another crazy performance artist slash singer. I loved him. Uh, then uh, I did see uh, the talking heads years ago before that, that blew my mind. And then, uh, you know, when I was working there, I guess, you know, a lot of the hardcore bands, I was working the hardcore matinee, uh, you know, all all that, you know, second generation groups too, like from, uh, you know, Rest in Pieces, Sick of It All, Judge, uh, you know, AF, I was there. I never really mixed AF. I, I worked the machine on the live at CBGB's record because that was recorded there. So I, I recorded that, but I, I didn't ever mix them. And then like Crumb Suckers. I mean, there's so many of those bands that that were you know great back then. Uh, then you know on, there was shows during the week. I was working night times during the week, and we had like the alternative bands coming in there. Uh, you know, Soundgarden, uh, Green River, which sort of turned into Pearl Jam, and uh, a slew of the more famous stuff like, you know, Living Color and uh, Tom Tom Club. The list goes on. I mean, so many people ran, came through there. So it was, uh, it was great, you know, like exposed to everything every night. Yeah, it's such a such an infamous uh, venue, but uh, <laughs> it sounded like it was like almost like your, your, your college courses for yeah. getting more involved in music as well. Yeah, totally, because I had, I got in there 
because I was going to this thing called the Institute of Audio Research and you had to have an internship. So yeah, it was sort of a college thing. Uh, but that was the learning thing. I mean, I got in there and learned on the job training and sort of what prong was too, because we, I wasn't really playing guitar. I was playing bass and, uh, Mike, who is the doorman of CB, is just like, oh, you know, I heard from my girlfriend that you played, play, you know, you play music. I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm dabbling now. I really want to be a sound guy. And he's like, well, and we agreed on a lot of bands we like, like uh, anything from, you know, Dyke Kreutzen to uh, Swans and Killing Joke. So uh, we formed a band. He's like, well, why don't you play guitar? I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll play guitar. And so, you know, I sort of fumbled around on it and that's how Prong started. So mostly like you've been a self-taught musician. Yes. And then, yeah, uh, some you know, from vinyl, you know, I would, I mean, again, I learned on bass and I just wanted to get in a band and I learned like tons of stuff. Like I would just sit there with the stylist going back and forth and figuring out anything from Nugent to Kiss to, you know, Yes and Rush and Tall and, Sabbath. I mean, I was just addicted to learning songs like, you know, on the bass. And that's really what was my, how I started playing. And then uh, I sort of applied that to guitar because I, I, I was good at figuring out songs. And so I, you know, I was figuring out, you know, Master of Puppets by the time I knew it and stuff like that. Nice, nice. So, yeah. So then, you know, you're at, you're working at CBGB's, running the sound, uh, kind of being taught there how to do that as well as self-taught with your instruments. And then Prong gets put together through just hanging out there through networking then. Yeah, no, I mean, we had, I, I knew I was on the scene for so long then because it was, it was bands I was in before Prong, like as a bass player uh, that they went absolutely nowhere. So I knew, I knew a lot of people and I knew Ted Parsons who was uh, in Swans. Those guys were my friends. So uh, I knew he was into like the new stuff, like, anything like from create he was into creator and destruction and uh celtic frost and then the hardcore stuff too you know bad brains and uh you know then post-punk stuff killing jokes sisters of mercy he was into all the stuff we were so he joined the band and uh we got we put out we wrote a record put it out was selling it like crazy on lower manhattan then uh we got picked up by a, a british label and then uh eventually in effect records who we were on the same label with agnostic front and uh then uh, we got signed to a major label so it happened real fast like from you know uh 86 to like 89 like in that whole period there uh like a matter of you know three years yeah and i you know i know for myself like when i got first introduced uh to prong i mean obviously like you know headbangers ball on mtv for yeah. me being in cleveland but another uh, 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 avenue that that got me hip to to prong was uh, ECW Extreme Championship Wrestling, when uh, Just Incredible used to come out to snap your finger, snap your neck. Yeah, yeah. I was like that that uh, that whole scene got me hip, and I would always. I mean, that was just one of the one of the main tunes I would always like be jamming. You know, to get pumped up to go to the gym and stuff like that. And I wanted to ask, like, take us back to uh, originally, like, when you were writing that song. What was, like, the inspiration for that for you? I think it was, like, I got off the subway, and I, I was living in Brooklyn at that time. And uh, that lyric was written in, like, two minutes. It was a stream of conscious lyric. Uh, I had the idea of the music, so it was just, and the, and the, the vocal melody, so... Uh, it was just kind of like barking it out. It just happened real fast. So it was, it was like one of those things. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was not, really not that much thought into it. So it was a gift from God, really. Yeah, did you expect it to, to take off as well as it did? Well, it sort of because uh, we started playing it before the record came out. And uh, I remember we played, we had we did this festival in Europe. Uh, God, it's just like right when the wall came down. It was like in Leipzig in Germany. And we played that song and people were going crazy. So uh, without even hearing it before. So that's always a good sign when the record's not out and people are responding well to the song. 
Oh yeah. I mean, just that buildup alone, you know, it's just like, I, I don't want to get my blood pressure taken as soon as I, when I'm listening to that, you know? <laughs> yeah. People say, I mean, it's just one of those songs that got, it's, it's, you know, it's one of those angry anthems. Uh, and uh, I'm always part of that record and that song because yeah, I mean, it's still the, the one that I wish we had five, six, 10 more of those that were that popular. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I've been liking what I'm hearing from the new one that uh, is getting uh, ready to release. Uh, it's been like, what, like four years since your last EP, right? Like Age of Defiance. Yes. So this is the your 13th studio album, which, you know, says how the longevity that, that, that Prong has had. But, uh, you know, the perfect name for it, the state of emergency, Um you know, like we were talking before we went on, I was just like, yeah, I'm seeing a lot of, uh, I'm hearing a lot of things that I think the the underground movement and people in general need to hear in the in this song, almost like a, a metal like Paul Revere. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot that goes into it. it the, the record is, half of it, the lyrical content is about the whole Orwellian reality that we live in where... I just see like a big propaganda state that's going on. And then, uh, you know, they change history weekly. And it's like, you can't even, it's almost comical mainstream media. It's just like this joke, you know? So, uh, yeah, I think that, I think I, at the time of writing uh, the lyrics, I was a little bit, I, I, now it's gotten to this laughing, like it's, it's almost a laugh. There, I was a little more intense on. It was a little more anger in, in, in uh, a lot of it, but uh, still, I mean, it, it's annoying what's going on. But yeah, uh, we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I, you were talking about the flood. I mean, out in L.A., I was living in California for a while, and uh, I would get the the reverse call. Now they're saying, "Oh, the, are you living in? Are you flooded?" I'm like, I'm, "I don't see any floods." Like, what are they saying? But out there, it, it, it was always the fires in L.A. It was like. Uh, oh man, God, it's the end of the world. Like there's so many fires every summer. Would, the place was burning down, and like my sister, I was somebody calling, "Where are you? There, are you okay?" I'm like, "Yes." And you say this every summer. There's ever always these fires. So, uh, you know, media, big media, always looking for content and something to blow things out of proportion a little bit. And then the stuff that really needs to be blown out of proportion, they completely ignore. So, it's a, they oh, have to yeah. see the narrative of what they're trying to do, keep people in fear or whatever is like, that's really what they're trying to do somehow. Yeah. It's funny because a lot of the, you know, the people that have been pushing for disclosure on uh, life outside of earth all these years, you know, now they're finally like, you know, putting that out there and everybody's like, eh, you know, what are you trying to distract me from now? You know, <laughs> it's a total distraction. Yeah. And it's like, you know, what we were talking about with the floods, you know, like, uh, Everybody that I've messaged, like, you know, Vinny and stuff, like, ah, everything's good. We're fine. And like you yeah. just told me, but I'm seeing all these like, you know, videos on certain uh, pages and stuff. Oh, New York City's like going underwater and, you know, and uh, it's it's just crazy. If you're not there, how easy they can use stuff to manipulate you. There's so much information, disinformation and misinformation out there. Nobody knows what to believe. So while we're all distracted, who knows what the real shit is going on? I know our economy sucks and we're going downhill fast. You know, a lot of people are going to be like starving. Yeah, distracting from that reality too. I mean, that's, that's one of the big ones for me was, is the prices of stuff. And I think if we're going over to Europe in the last couple of years, I mean, we're going to going over again. We're on tour with Life of Agony in November, but we did one tour with them already. And then Bronx did a headliner uh, about a month and a half ago. And it's just like, it's so cheap over there. It's like, now it's always, we always be as it goes. Like, oh my God, I'm in like Scandinavia. It's so expensive. It's like, America is like the most expensive place in the world now. Like, like they go to, they can have like this multi-course meal in Germany, you know, with, uh, all, just with dessert, appetizer. And, you know, I, drink, I don't drink, I have like non-alcoholic beers or soda. And it's like 15 euros. Like, what the heck's going on? Like here, you know, you, you sandwich is $20. So, which is, you know, 20 euros. Now it's the same thing, a euro in America. So I don't know what's going on over here. It's just insanity. Yeah, it definitely, you know, uh, I mean, 
I go down the rabbit hole pretty deep on a lot of things. So it's just like, I don't like where things are headed, but like you were saying, you know, about laughing at it earlier. I know for me, man, you know, you mentioned not drinking either. I'm 14 years sober and, uh, you know, the serenity prayer has been my, uh, got me through 2020. You know, I'll just say that with my, my head on. (laughs) Yeah. I, I pray for serenity as well. You know, I turn it over. That's what I got to do. Cause, but, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, congratulations to sobriety. I'm up there too with you. So, uh, you. yeah, I mean, thank God I'm not drinking anymore. I'd be completely broke. I mean, people are saying, oh, I went out to a bar. I spent like, had two drinks and spent $60, you know, it's like, oh, you, you can do that. I mean, I'd rather not. <laughs> yeah. I need that to fill my gas tank so I can travel a little yeah. bit, you know, get yeah, out and enjoy things while yeah. I can. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh. You know, getting back to, you know, I mean, you still like the inspiration with writing this album and everything, you know, it's like uh, you're still getting a message out there. You're utilizing your uh, platform to try and. What else? You you can't say some of this stuff in public. So, I mean, you got to watch everything you say because people take it the wrong way, too. So, I mean. Being in a band and being playing, I mean, I'm blessed because I could, you know, get off a lot of steam without, you know, uh, you know, get completely trampled by people. So canceled, uh, canceled and trained. Yeah. I don't want anyone to say that. I mean, I don't think what I say is deserving of being canceled. It's not quite anything that revolutionary, but, uh, you know, it's It's, like, it's more, more like stating the obvious, like, why, why we're all being distracted. Like you said, this George Orwell world we're living in. That's why I mentioned at the beginning, like all the other platforms that my videos are on, because I've had quite a few taken off of YouTube specifically, you know, cause they didn't like some of the things we were talking about. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I mean, yeah, that's, it's, I, think, I was going to say this earlier. It's like, you know, everything's all nonsense out there a lot of times. So it's just, you just have everything, no censorship, you know, other than like, you know, crazy porn stuff, but you know, like you just, you, you know, who's this to decide what's true anymore? Like you can't even, like, you know, you can't leave it up to these, to, to, uh, to big tech because they're just going to go with their own agenda. You just have to let everything go and people are going to have to figure it out for themselves. I mean, what else are you going to do? Otherwise it's going to be manipulated by whoever they, it's all about what they're going to sell, what they want to sell to you. So, uh, obviously, as I was saying, I mean, not, I mean, that's not obvious to everybody, but they're trying to sell complete globalism, which is, you know, you know one economy, one money, one thing, everyone the same, and everyone's just got to shut up. It's just trying to control the whole world, you know, that seems to be what the agenda is. And they want it fast. They, they're not willing to wait. They want it to, they want it to happen pretty quickly. So let's wait for the next thing that happens now. Yeah. Before it was like agenda 2030 or something, you know, and then yeah. it's like, uh Oh, we got to hit, put the gas on the pedal. Cause too many people are waking up with this internet, you know, well, so like said, AI coming, man. It's like the, the, anything they they fit into that is going to be what reality is. So who knows? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I had a a buddy on, uh, talking about AI the one time and it's just like, it's almost like, you know, it didn't, didn't like, uh, the whole like Skynet and Terminator kind of start out with that that type story. So how's it going to turn around and bite us in the ass? Where's John Connor when we need him? No, I mean, sci-fi is going to be, it's reality. It's all, I mean, how much, most of it's come to take place already now, you know, you know, when I was a kid, the idea of, of having these these kind of devices, smartphones, is, was incomprehensible when I was a kid. Yeah. Just have no idea like, that, that it would be like this. Yeah, any conversation I used to have in the kitchen with somebody, if we were plotting something that, you know, was, was suspect, I could only go as far away from my parents that the cord would let me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. It's like... We had one phone, you know, between seven people in the house. So, yeah, it's like, where are you planning to go with all that toilet paper and that carton of eggs? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) 
but that you know that was the kind of that was how bad we were back in the day now it's just like it's just all it's crazy man we're living in the wild west with with technology yeah, yeah no it's true it's a shame but uh you know i mean speaking of where we're headed you know as a country and and you know the message getting out like uh breaking point you know that song definitely was like speaking to me lyrically you know um as i was saying earlier i plan i've i've expressed my my views on this podcast and i've been censored by youtube and some of the other platforms and it's like critical thinking bad cancel free thought you know uh when when is enough enough for everyone and and the to quit being distracted by all the bread and circuses out there so like, did I lose you now? Oh, here we go. Yeah, the, the yeah, certain yeah. realities that I, I think that are in, instinctually that we know, and uh, yeah, we have to somehow discard them now. So that's really what that song is. Uh, but in, on, a, on, a, on a different note too is is uh, like when we Prong went out on tour with Black Label Society and Obituary at the t- tail end of the pandemic, and. Uh, I just saw how crazy people were. Like, it was just like, you know, you know in California, it, it took two hours for, for people to show their Vax cards to get into these gigs. And then, uh, then they, you know, they just went nuts after that. It was just like ripping their masks off. People were drinking like crazy. It was taking all kinds of drugs. Like, it was just insanity. Like, the whole tour, like, people, I've never seen it. They really, there was really a breaking point. We were, and, then, um, you know, that, that sort of ties in with the lyric too, where, you know, like people naturally going to say enough is enough. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's almost a positive thing and where uh, I think that it's going to get to that point again with all the stuff where uh, we're going to go, you know what, man, you know, we're not buying it, especially Americans are, are just not going to buy into a lot of this stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for too. It's like it, it uh, almost going back to like recovery. You know, everybody has to hit a different bottom before they're like, "All right, I've, enough's enough. I'm ready to to make some changes and stand up." And I was just like watching our society, like you know, during that whole uh, pandemic uh, thing we were dealing with. And I'm like, wait a minute, man, this, this, and this doesn't make sense to me. But all the people that were following along, I'm like, okay, how low are you guys willing to go? And how much are you willing to give up? Because that's the litmus test, you know? How much are you willing to give up? And how much are you able to ever get back when you give it up? Yeah, I mean, especially being in California, it was crazy. It was just, it was curfews and... I mean, the way people were reacting was nuts. So it was like, yeah, I was, I was laughing about it now. I mean, I was always jogging. Even I started just going out again and the, uh, you know, the, it was beautiful weather out and uh, yeah, there's people with like visors and masks. And like, if I would be running down the street, they'd be running across the street just to get away from me. It's like, I mean, it was no, there was no way it could possibly be that bad, you know? So uh, anyway, we've all been through it already, and hopefully it doesn't come back. Where, you know, uh, you know, it's 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 just complete insanity again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that uh that dude that was running California seems like the guy that they're trying to push now for uh, you know, the big house. You I know. know too. So it's like I'm I I definitely don't want Patrick Bateman, you know, American Psycho in the White House. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean. it's they're pushing the, it's craziness out there i mean but people like them they want them you know so we'll see what happens yeah i don't know man but uh back to the the album i really uh i liked you know at the end you threw in the the uh cover of working man by uh rush what uh inspired you to to cover that and add that on there well i got into listening to the old records that when i started like you mentioned like what it would uh what stuff I was into when I was a kid and, you know, like Sabbath and this first Rush record was one of them. So I started listening to it again. I'm like, wow, this riff is so cool. It's like this, it's an early doom riff. And um, I was practicing with the C sharp Tony Iommi tuning. And uh, I was learning like the volume four record and 
Then I started playing that riff. I'm like, wow, this sounds so heavy and it's slow. So we eventually we jammed on it. And we're like, oh, this is killer. And, you know, threw a little arrangement about it and recorded it and made it on the record. So that's pretty much it. I, I like the lyric too. It's like this lyric is perfect. It fits. Yeah. Like the song, The Descent is the opening song on our new prong record. It's like a narrative. This one guy who's, he almost sounds like you. It's like, he's like, he's like oh my God, the, you know, like social media is driving me crazy and the whole world is like is just sinking around me and it's it's um it's it's whole descent is decline of a civilization so uh it working man is a little less extreme as this guy's like i'm working i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing what they tell me to do and you know i'm like i'm going nowhere like i'm just like lost so yeah just just getting by to feed somebody else you know basically yeah yeah so that apply i thought it, it applied to you know, the, uh, the lyrics on the record a lot. No. Oh, and I like the, you know, I, I, I like the, the prong, uh, sound to it, added to it. It's definitely, uh, uh, you know, I mean, it's a great classic song, but I, I love what you do with it. Oh, thanks. Know? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm really happy with it. Uh, tuning it down. And again, you know, then there's like a sort of a thrash part in the middle. So it came out pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And so the new album, State of Emergency, is out Friday, yeah, October sixth. Um, like for uh, fans that want to, uh, can they order early or, yes. or, or when they want to? You know, when it does come out, where can they go to to pick up hard copies if they want them? Well, you can order it now on uh, uh, Napalm Records, uh, NapalmRecords.com. It's up there. Uh, they're the umbrella company of Steamhammer Records. You can go in there their website and uh SBV that's mostly for Europe so Napalm Records here and then uh yeah I'll be on like all the streaming and then a uh, record store somehow we're doing a an in-store here in, in, in Patchogue Long Island on the release day um and we're playing a couple of songs too so if you're on any oh, islands nice. or in the city come on out six o'clock nice. you, and you don't need a boat to get there <laughs> no, Long Island Railroad is still working, man. So um, you can come on out, Record Stop and Patchogue, Battle Online, I think. And then, um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's going to be available everywhere, you know, online, et cetera. So, but uh, nice. our, we have Manic Merch, too. I think they're selling it, which is our merch company. So just go to prongmusic.com or, yeah. We'll nice. Find yeah, and then uh, like real quick too, I wanted to talk a little bit um, about you know I just saw you in town in Cleveland with uh, Danzig. Okay, you yeah. Just got off on the tour with uh, with Danzig, and uh, it was cool because you had uh, um, Midnight, a Cleveland act, on on tour with you guys. Really love what those guys are doing. And then uh, first time seeing Twin Temple, that was different for me. It was uh, <laughs> entertaining, but uh, you guys, it was great, man. It was great. Great show, great senior. What was uh? I know you've been working with Glenn for a long time. How's that relationship come together, and how long's that? You know, how's I mean, that grown? It's like, I mean, he's just, just he's this iconic figure. He's like, you know, you're playing with like this great, fit, great. I mean, he's one of the all-time greats. And uh, I mean, what can you say about that? It's it's humbling that uh, you know I'm still able to play with him. I mean, he's. Uh, it's it's what can you say if I go ahead and answer it really? Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. So, uh, I'm yeah, it was a great show, it was a great bill, all top to bottom. But that you know, it was good to, to see him out there still doing his thing, you know. Yeah, that's a great venue to that Masonic Hall. We had a good time there, it was really cool. Uh, just a great, you know, the tour really went over well, it really was a good one. And, uh, you know, all the bands were cool, Behemoth, too. So, uh, but back to Glenn. No, I mean, like, I I really like the gig. It was very challenging for me, again, because, like, yeah, I got to, especially doing the old songs, I got to, you know, the group, the great old ones, dancing songs, I got to emulate John Christ guitar playing. And that's always a challenge. And I try to get real tight with the rhythms. And, you know, it's the songs that have, some a lot of repetition in them, but it's just getting those guitar parts tight, like throughout the whole set. So every night's a challenge. I'm always like a little nervous doing it, you know. So, 
it's a uh, it keeps me on my toes for sure. Yeah, you pulled it off, man. It was Thank it was you. good, and and you've been working with them now. I mean, you weren't on the older stuff, but like, when did you start? Did you start uh, recording at all with them? Yeah, no, yeah, from Circle of Snakes okay. on. Uh, I'm on all the subsequent records of that. So, uh, Black Lady and Crown was the last one. I'm on the Elvis Danzig record, and then I'm on the uh, uh, Death Red Moon. What, what is it? Uh, yeah, Death Red Sabbath record. God, I forgot. Yeah, so I'm I'm on like five Danzig records. Nice, nice. Yeah, skeletons too. I forgot that too. Yeah. Um, well, that's cool. Yeah. So you've got a pretty solid relationship with them. Yeah. And, um, you know, like you said, what an iconic figure to be able to get in there with. Um, did you ever like back in the CB days, did you ever see like the misfits and stuff come through? No, but they weren't, they were a little bigger. Like they, so they played, uh, they, they started out as a Max's Kansas city band. And then uh, they he, being smart as they were, they would do, they did a couple of rock hotel shows. Then they would sort of go to these, have like, like these other halls that they would play. And then, uh, then I saw them at the Ritz and then uh, a couple of weird venues here and there. But they didn't overexpose themselves. They they were smart about the about what gigs they would do. And uh, yeah, I mean, I saw them a bunch of times. I think this was like during the Walk Among Us period, Earth AD, you know, with Doyle. And that, that's when I started really getting into them. Nice. And then, uh, you know, I mean, just that first interaction and first meeting him and getting to, to actually start playing with them had to be, you know, special. Then. Yeah. I mean, it was a weird period though for music back then. Like I, I came right in before the, uh, the fifth record came out, which, you know, it's not a very popular record. It's like, it's sort of an industrial record. So, uh, you know, it, it was that whole period, like no one knew really what was happening and like metal was sort of in a weird spot. So, uh, you know, we collectively, we didn't know where the whole thing was going. Now it's like a complete legacy thing. I enjoy it more where, you know, uh, you know, those records, those first three are the, 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 the standard Danzig records. And, uh, you know, I enjoy playing those a lot. And, you know, Glenn's, Glenn is smart enough to go, yeah, let's focus on those, you know, like, the, the, you know, the 30th anniversary of the first record. It's all, all good, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, real good show, man. Thanks. And I, you, you mentioned industrial. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that you've also got to play with Uncle Al. Yeah. In uh, ministry, uh, how did that come together for you? Well, he just gave me a, he gave me a call, and like they, I guess I'm saying who 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 I think Skasha. The, he he saw me at a prom gig, and then he's like, "Oh man, I love you guys. I'm gonna try to get you to play with ministry." And I'm like. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I'd be into it. And uh, then Al called me and I just started doing it. You know, like they, they needed somebody to help work on this album. And uh, it, it was just craziness, you know, like, you know, all the stories you've heard about Al are pretty much true. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's absolute insanity all the time. Craziness. Gotcha. Now it's mellowed out a little bit. I mean, I know my, like a lot of my close friends are playing in you know, the new incarnation of ministry that's that's out now. And like I say he's really mellowed out a lot. So that's good. Like, yeah. It's not sober. Like, I, you know, like, but. Um, yeah, I saw him last time they came through the Cleveland Agora. And uh, I just saw, I didn't get to see the dates yet, but they just released dates for 2024 uh, for, for ministry. Wow. So I got okay. to look at that. Uh, now see if they're coming back through Cleveland because he has Gary Newman and Frontline Assembly, and I think they were on the last tour. And I really enjoyed Gary Newman and stuff too at that during that. So I'll have to try and catch that again. Cool. But uh, I see you had to plug your your device in. I don't want to keep you too much longer. Yeah, I was planning uh, to use the iPad, but I don't know what happened. But I somehow my phone. Yeah, no, no problem. But before I let you go, I want to ask you a couple questions. I normally ask my guests. Sure. Um, who are, are well, here, here's one I, I, I think you'll enjoy. What class do you feel should be mandatory before graduating high school today? Wow. Yeah, you may not like this, but, um, 
No, I can't say that one. <laughs> uh, I would say American history would have to be the one, you know? Yeah, the un, un, unedited, uh, unfiltered version. Yeah, that's, I mean, I was, yeah. and But you're not going to get that. It's Yeah, it's, I mean, ugliness and all, we need to know our history so we don't repeat it, you know? They do not, it's, it's been completely adjusted to fit a narrative now. Yeah, I agree. Like, I don't think it was, I have three, two, I have three kids, but I got two younger ones. And, um, you know, we're, my wife is pretty adamant about sending them to private school or so we're not going to, we're going to go the public school route. Good. Good for you, man. I've, I've had, uh, some other musicians on here, like Elias from Nonpoint homeschools his kids, you know? Yeah. I mean, you could do that. It's, it's, it's a lot more difficult than it seems though, but, uh, we've been thinking about it as well. Yeah. But I mean, it just shows the, the awareness and the state of, uh, you know, I know what we're in. Exactly. That's what I said. I mean, people, for people to to go that route and there's a lot of people that have hit the breaking point and uh, just had it, you know? Exactly. And then uh, who are three people who've inspired you and you can credit for making you the person you are today? Uh, I would say my, my older brother is one of them because he got me into music to like the stuff that initiated me. And let's say we tell him, I go, I go, it's your fault because, you know, there's been a lot of ups and downs in my career and my personal life. I was like, I always blame him. He's like, yeah, 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 whatever. Because uh, he was <laughs> he was inflicting Jimi Hendrix experience on me, and you know, uh, Vanilla Fudge and Iron Butterfly and Cream at an early age. So um, yeah, like him. Uh, another person, I guess, it would be my wife. She's been very supportive, and I. Uh, and let's be real. Let's say Bill Wilson on top of it on third. Yeah, there you go. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Next time you come through town, man, if you get time, we should uh, connect. I've taken a lot of guys down to uh, Dr. Bob's. That's you know, right. It's by you. Yeah. In Akron or whatever. Yeah. 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 Let's yeah. do it. Sounds good. Yeah, man. And then um, any causes or organizations that you support and encourage others to check out? I think it's Wounded, Wounded Warriors is one of them. And then that's the one that I, I did on my, uh, for birthday. So yeah, I mean, any, any veterans thing is, uh, in my ballpark. Awesome. And then, um, favorite, you know, we were talking about kids earlier and stuff. What was your favorite toy as a child? A box of crayons, really. That was, uh, that's almost all I really had is, my brother was kidding me. We had this cigar box of crayons and I really didn't have anything and, and some paper. <laughs> nice. I had the same thing. I remember the cigar box being reused for holding all my broken crayons and stuff and find my colors and, you know, imagination back then, you know? Exactly. That's all I needed, really. And then uh, speaking of our military members, any message that you have uh, for our members currently serving overseas? Well, thank you for your service and uh, get back safely and uh, keep up the good work. Awesome. Tommy, man, I really appreciate uh, the time and this conversation, man. Thanks, it was good, Bill. Appreciate good it, man. talking with you and getting to know you uh, better and uh, good to hear that we're, we're walking a similar path. Yeah, um, if, uh, if people want to are, are new to hearing about you and want to check out like what, what you're up to, where would you send them? Spotify or, you know, a Pandora, one of the streaming services. And, uh, you know, you can check out all the stuff, man. Like the new record, the singles are out now. So we have uh, a new lyric video coming out any second now for the state of emergency, the title track. But there's an official video uh, for the descent. There's a breaking point lyric video, a non-existence lyric video. So go to YouTube and just say, prong lyric video and you can hear everything up there too as well so um go and do it right now awesome sounds good and then one last favor before i let you go or the the battery dies 
Um, you mind cutting a promo ID for the show? Just introduce yourself and you're listening to today's boondoggle. Okay, yeah, no problem. Hey, this is Tommy Victor from Brong, and you're listening to today's let me do it one more time. This thing is Hey, this is Tommy Victor from Prong, and you're listening to today's boondoggle. Awesome. Tommy, thank you so much, man. It was really great Hello. talking with you. I'll see you in Cleveland next time, Bo. Suppression of your thoughts. There's no exception. TV is the cause. In every instance. Protection of a false. Disseminable mentions. Deceptacles to shock. You cannot question.
and the name is Dream Nutrition. So if you're looking to empower your human vitality, well then you come to the right place. With over 12 years of combined experience in cannabinoids and terpene products, Dream Nutrition products include CBD oils, patches, proteins, and so much more. The endocannabinoid system is believed to have involvement in regulating physiological and cognitive processes, including the immune system, appetite, pain sensation, mood, memory, and in mediating the pharmacological effects of cannabis. Support this veteran-owned and operated company today, and today's Boondoggle fans will receive 10% off their orders when using the promo code BOONDOG10 at checkout. That's B-O-O-N-D-O-G-10 at checkout. So go to the link. That's DreamNutrition.com forward slash discount forward slash BOONDOG10. And remember, Dream is not spelled like Dream Daddy. It's spelled D-R-E-E-M. And start saving today because you deserve to feel your best. And you know that's right. So tell them Dream Daddy and your friends from today's Boondoggle sent you. Thank you for listening once again to today's Boondoggle radio show. Please be sure to check out our website, DomainCLE.com or Today's Boondoggle.com for more shows and check out our archives. Follow us on social media at Today's Boondoggle on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter for more information about this podcast. And please support us on www.anchor.fm forward slash Today's Boondoggle as well as on our GoFundMe and Venmo. Be sure to subscribe, comment, download, and listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spreaker, and all the other podcast platforms out there. Please email us with any questions, suggestions, and comments via todaysboondoggle at gmail.com. Leave us some five-star reviews and help spread the word. Thanks again for listening. for tuning into this week's today's boondoggle. Domain Cleveland Entertainment is a veteran-owned and operated cornucopia of nonsensical shenanigans. You can find interesting interviews, music news and information, and just about everything else in between. Thank you again for supporting, sharing, and tuning into today's boondoggle.